This is the Weird is the New Black Show. Listen, um, it's been a while, like a week and some change, maybe, and, you know, I'm just sitting here preparing this next show, because, you know, I'm doing a lot of solo shows, just testing out, like, different topics, seeing what fits, and getting the feedback from the listeners, and I've been listening to a lot, a lot, and I want to say thank you to all of you who've been giving me feedback, to all of you who keep sharing your opinions, and creating dialogue based off various show topics. You know, I've had different people uh, over the past few weeks, you know, talking to me after listening to, like, episode 51 or my show with Naj about love or, you know, a few shows that I've done based on sex and even marijuana or whatever it was. Different people were coming back to me and just bringing back their thoughts, and I love that. I love that because that is what makes this entire podcast thing that I do worth it. Because I was sitting at work today, and I had some time to myself, and I started to go back to my blog and start blogging again. You know, I try to do it at least once or twice a week so I can stay consistent and put out these random thoughts, whatever is in my head, and try to share them with the world. So if you go to www. MikeBayon.com, which is M-I-K-E-B-E-O-N.com. You can check out my blog. You can check out my writings, my personal thoughts on a variety of topics. Right now, like this week, I've been just like obsessed with Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. Not only their lives, but their creative work. It's just, dog, it's just some of the, some of the illest shit that I've, I've ever seen not just on the artistic standpoint, but just to understand the story behind it. You know, like the rich richness of, of Mexican culture, the history, the people, you know, like this, all that, all that was just really, really ill to me. So yeah, I wanna go back a few weeks, cover some ground. So for those who may not know, in December, I wanna say mid-December on a whim, I got my nose pierced, and I came in front. I was, like, anxious as a motherfucker, man. Before I walked up into that space, I was like, I had a date planned, and actually, I didn't even have a date planned for it. I mean, I figured, I said I was going to go down to, like, my local spot, my local tattoo spot, Everlasting um, Art Tattoo, just to see, um, you know, about the pricing and we'll be involved with it. And I said, yo, I might just get it done, too, that same day. But I wasn't sure. So I go in there and I see my main man Eric, and Eric um, is a tattoo artist who's done a lot of work on me. So like majority of my 32 tattoos have, have been done in his shop. So I was talking to him, I said, hey man. I said, what's up man, how you doing, how's your pops? 
Because he did work with my, my dad and my uncle and my cousin. Like, my family has supported this place for, for you know, for a long-ass time. So we were talking about some stuff. I said, hey, I'm kind of interested in getting a nose piercing. He says, I do all piercings except for noses. The guy over here, Chris, he can do it. And uh, Chris is, is fairly new to the shop, but he's been there for a while. Cool dude. I never noticed he had nose piercing until we talked about it. He said, yeah, man, you know. Yeah, I got to open it. You know, sit in the chair, man. I'll take care of it right now. I said, word? He said, yeah. I said, all right, then shit. So I walked over to that chair, sat down, and it happened. Because, uh, you know, I watched these videos on YouTube to prepare myself for whatever was going to happen, whatever was going to go down. And, you know, it wasn't as bad as they said it was. They were like, listen, if you get it, your nose pierced, uh, you're going to have one tear come out of your eye or whatever side your piercing is, and that's all it is. So I fully expected to sit up in that chair and have a whole, like, tear slowly rolling down my cheek. You know what I mean? Just like, just letting it, let, letting it drip. But nothing happened. Either, you know, I have a high threshold for pain or it wasn't that painful. I don't know. I'd I like to think that I have a high threshold for pain because it makes me sound like more of a badass. You know? As we all know, everybody loves a badass. Badass. So I said, y'all got that done. I was like, what? Walked around like, what up, what up, what up? Nose pierced. I'm all hype. But the hype quickly died down because I looked in the mirror. I said, eh, it's a nose piercing. You know, I don't know what, what was the big deal to me in the first place. You know, I'm glad that I got it, of course. But I guess I, I kind of figured that if I got a nose piercing, that it would, like, alter my entire, like, persona for some reason. Like, it would change me. And it definitely didn't do, do, that, do that at all, you know. But I like the way it looks on me. It was all good. So, of course, you know, I'm posting pictures of it, like it's the nose piercing. And a few women that I know were talking to me, like, wow, they got that. I can definitely see you get getting your nipples pierced. And I said, the fuck? Excuse me? I said, I am not one of those people. I am not getting my nipples pierced. What the hell you think this is, man? But different women were telling me that. It fits your vibe. It fits your vibe. So let's rewind to 2014. So I was out at a place, um, what's it called? The Banana Leaf. It's a restaurant right near Chinatown. It's in Chinatown, but, like, it's on Art Street. And I'm in there with a young lady. And we're having a conversation. It may have been a date. I'm not really sure. I, so I have to process it. <laughs> so we were sitting there chilling, and she, he gave me this look. So I'm going to ask you a question. I said, what's up? Do you have any nipple piercings? And I was like, nah. Because I guess she thought since I had tattoos that I had nipple piercings. Now, in 2014, I probably had a good, I think by the time that we had that outing, I may have had a solid, hmm, 10 tattoos? Maybe, I think maybe less than that. I think less than that. You know, um, I had like a couple on my chest by that time. So maybe I might have had like four or five by this time. 
So I was like, nah, I definitely got nipple, nipple, nipple piercings. That's not what I do, you know? Like, 2014, Mikey, I said, oh, fuck no. And 2018, Mikey, I was like, nah, I ain't doing that shit either, you know? I got my nose pierced, but it don't mean nothing. But what happened? The seed was planted in my brain. And over time, due to germination, the seed developed roots and it cracked through the surface and it bloomed into a flower okay and this flower was the thought and the decision to say fuck it man I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna get my nipples pierced where the mother where was born and I went I was prepared for it I walked to this place called uh, Infinity Body Piercings and it's all off, off of 4th and South. I go in there, like, I'm low-key nervous. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And the guy behind the counter, definitely all pierced, which was, like, a big selling point. I'm like, cool. Like, because you can't talk to somebody about piercings if they ain't got none. That's, that's how I get down. Like, I got, show me the proof, man. Show me the car facts, B. So, you know, we talked about it. I said, hey, man, do I need to set, up, set an appointment for this? I want to come in, like, in a, you know, a month from today. Can you make this thing happen? He said, nah, man, don't need to put appointments. You just walk in. And we do it like that. And I said, we do it like that. We do it like that. I said, boom. That's how I want to do it. So, naturally, before, within a month of me preparing for this, you know, I watched videos about it. I saw, like, videos on YouTube, which is interesting because like, YouTube will, like, ban or censor the hell out of, like, a, of a new video. But if you're, like, if you had tattoos or if you are getting piercings for some odd reason, like, those videos are fine. Like, they won't blurt them out at all. So I saw men, women getting, like, nipples pierced and guys getting nipples pierced. And I felt like the women took it more like champions than the guys did. Because every time I saw a guy get it, he was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, what the fuck? Is that going to be me? So, you know, I saw those things. And then, you know, I was looking up, like, brothers with nipple piercings because I think what also sparked it was the fact that I felt challenged by someone who wasn't even talking to me, yo. Like me and this person didn't even have the conversation. It was on Facebook. I was reading a thread and this woman said she never met um, a straight guy with nipple piercings. And I was like, oh, word? Oh, word? Alright. Let's see this. So, you know, I went into my Rolodex. I'm like, and two of my favorite people in this world, Dennis Rodman and Lenny Kravitz, both have nipple piercings. And I said, you know what? I'll definitely be a good company with these fellas here, you know, once I get my shit done. So time passes, and, you know, I'm hyping up myself in my mind because, like, this feels like a big leap into, like, you know, unknown territory. So I'm like, yo. I definitely don't do this shit here. I've never, ever thought about doing this shit here, ever, in my natural black life. So I went there to that day. Went, you know, went down to the other person spot. And, you know, uh, my homegirl Casey from the comic book store, she was set uh, to look for a woman named Anna. She said, Anna will be your, um, it's a dope piercer. And she'll, you know, look for her. She'll be all right. And I get down there and, you know, 
that whole shit just kind of like left my brain because I was focused on like what the experience was going to feel like. So I get to the spot. I'm waiting around. They call my name, and a woman calls me back, and it was Anna. But I didn't put two and two together until after the piercing. So I get in there and, you know, take my shirt off. Yeah, I'm in there with a with a scully on, you know, no shirt, jeans. I look like, you know, one of them like uh one of them gangbangers, cause all my tattoos is out. I'm like, what up? But I sat my black ass down <laughs> on that chair and, you know, she talked me through it. She made her marks on both nipples, and she's gonna use forceps on them. It's like just, just to pull up so she can do the procedure, and I said, nah, man, she's hurt like a motherfucking man. So she's, she grabbed me by the fingers and just bow, the one. And I was, yo, the first one hit me, I said, heew. And after I got hit, I stopped breathing like I was having contractions, bro. And, you know, and I was quickly corrected because, you know, a lady that I know said, no, you can't compare getting your nipple piercings to giving birth. I said, I know, okay, but I still had to breathe. I had to breathe, and that's what I did. So, you know, I, I did that, and my adrenaline dropped. So she did the second one. Yo, I joint hurt like a motherfucker. I don't, I'm like, oh, how? But, of course, when your adrenaline drops, that affects what you feel, and it just got me. Bang. But it was all over after that. Looked in the mirror. I saw pierced nipples. And I said, you know what? I'm rocking with this. I'm digging it. And it was beautiful, man. Like, she did a great job. I can't front, though, because when he showed me the initial, like, bars, they were like, they were like you know, kind of elongated. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm getting them shits? He was like, yeah, you know, if you get these, you know, you come back and we'll shorten them. I said, I can't have them long things in me, right? But once I saw what she did and how they look, like, they're perfect size. Like, they might shorten them if they want to, but these shits here is the shits. So I was told, like, they make you more sensitive. I didn't, you know, I didn't know about that until after the fact, too, which wasn't why I got them, but I guess it's a bonus. You know, so there it is. That is my tattoo story. Oh, it's my tattoo story. <laughs> my body piercing story. And I think I've, yeah, I said Infinity Body Piercing. That's the image spot. Yeah, and I had to make sure that I had it right. It goes through my notes just to verify my information. Also, my next tattoo, I'm getting that probably um, this month. It's going to be uh, short and sweet. It's going to be the Daredevil logo. And. The Daredevil logo, well, Daredevil is a Marvel Comics character. And the logo was like, it's two Ds. It's like two uppercase Ds, and they're kind of like interlinked. So I'm going to get that on like the right side of my stomach. And the reason why I'm getting that not isn't because I consider myself a Daredevil, but because um, he had a moniker. He was known as the Man Without Fear. And if you know me, one of the key phrases um, in my mantra is I am fearless so me having that is a reminder that I am a man without fear that I embrace everything with no fear all love and there's nothing that I can't do because I can do anything that I want 
You know, there's nothing to fear except for fear itself. So, there it is. I'm a big, big, big proponent of self-expression. However you live your life, however you want to do it, go ahead and do it. As long as you're hurting nobody, I'm fine with it, you know? But speaking of which, I want to say shout out to the dog, the freed DMX. He is out here in these streets. Arf, arf, arf. Mind your business, lady. Those are my favorite lines from my father's anthem, yo. I love that shit. But I'm I'm glad he's free. Because uh, to me, DMX was like a voice of a generation. He's one of the few MCs that I knew who was like, um, who wasn't afraid to embrace spirituality. Because remember, he was always on stage in a lot of performances having prayers. He had prayers on his albums. Like, you know, he... He had had his connection to you know to, to the higher power in his own way. Like, listen, nobody's perfect, and he's had his fair share of pitfalls. My man been in and out of jail, through the drug shit, but for some odd reason, I never, I never like, I never could judge DMX because I knew what it was. I was very empathetic to his case. To, I'm sorry to his cause. So. I'm just glad he's free. And I want to say this too, by the way. This may be an unpopular opinion. But listen, so my favorite album of his is um, is Dark and Hell is Hot. I think that's his greatest album of all time. But here's an unpopular opinion. I feel like the best beats on the album weren't done by Swiss Beats. They were done by Dame Grease. If you don't know who Dame Grease is, he is a producer. I believe he's from Harlem. He did joints like um, "Effing with D," um, and all like the, the the real gritty joints in the album. Like he was behind it. You know, I, I love Dan Grease's work on that album. All facts, all facts. I think my favorite song on the album, for real, for real, it might be the intro. The intro to the album goes hard as hell. A uh, fucking with D goes hard. And, you know, of course, House is going down, but the Faith Evans remix is, like, the one that I gravitated to growing up. So, yeah. Also, uh, the track goes by, like, Igga's done started something because it featured the locks and Mace. And Mace had some fire bars on that track. That was my shit. Yeah, memories. Shot the DMX one time. But here's one thing I want—I do want to bring up. So a few days ago, you know, I'm on Twitter, social media, and I hate social media. I really do. I, I can't stand it because it just gives everybody, like, an excuse just to talk, like, bare shit all day, every day. You know, like, people just say things just to say things. And I'm like, why are you saying these things, sir and or ma'am, you know? Or whatever you identify with. Like, why are you like what? What is what is in your head? So you know, bringing the, up the, the DMX, you know, DMX when he got out of jail, he said that uh, hip hop. His issue with hip hop now is that there are too many artists that are promoting drugs in it, which is a criticism that I too that I share as well, and many other people share that too. Like. There are a lot of people who talk about, you know, shipping activists, you know, doing lean, popping zannies and pills and 
doing all types of shit. Like this is like truly like like the druggy generation, the rap. So you know, people were saying, like, yeah, DMX may have had his issues with doing drugs, but he was never promoting that in his music. He might he might have robbed a nigga or two in his music. You know what I'm saying? Like, did some things, some criminal things in his music, but he never promoted drugs. So somebody said, and I don't understand this person's perspective, but I'm just gonna like, I'm not gonna judge the person for this because I'm not that kind of guy right now, <laughs> you know. But he said that why should we listen to a drug addicted person um, and their views on on drugs? Like, why should we even pay them any mind? And I asked him. I said, but why? But but why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to listen to someone who's experienced drug abuse and the ills of dealing with those like various substances? Because they, they, they can tell you that this isn't the way to be. They can tell you that drugs isn't for you. You know? Like, like that's what I'm saying. People got to understand the importance of having empathy when it comes to people who have gone through hell. And are still here to tell their story. Cause I asked him, I said, okay, cool. You know, he had hate that had that to say. But I said, dog, so you know, after, you know, getting at him and telling him like, you know, he DMX is the best person to talk to about drugs and drug abuse and why it's not good to be in hip hop like that. I said, So would the message mean more to you if Jay Z said it? And what did he say? Yeah, it, it would. It, it would mean more because Jay-Z said it. Let me tell you something. I tell, I tell everybody this. The message is always more important than the messenger. Truth is truth no matter who says it. It's kind of like when you're growing up and your mom and dad tell you things. You're like, eh, whatever. But... You meet somebody down the line, say it's like a celebrity you're a fan of or a friend of yours that you really admire, they can tell you the same thing. But you'll take that version of the truth over your parents' version of the truth based upon the who the messenger is. And that's wild. Like, I've been guilty of that. My parents telling me things when I was younger, and I said, man, whatever, whatever. But it wasn't until people were telling me things down the line, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm like, damn, my mom and dad told me that same shit eons ago. The truth is the truth no matter who says it. No matter what, it is what it is, and you got to embrace it. You know, we got to stop uh, putting our emotions and being so uh, quick to quick to bring people down or quote unquote cancel them because we're not a fan of who they are, you know, publicly or who we, who, who we think that they are. Because yes, they may have opinions that we don't agree with, but they may have moments of truth that we can't connect with, but we're too blinded by our own hatred and our own bias to even see what's really there. Example number two. So I'm a, I'm a master of uh, stirring the pot. I'm telling everybody this now on my podcast. Like, I'm telling you what I do 
on social media sometimes, mostly on Facebook, and sometimes on Twitter too, because I know what will get a rise out of people. It's fun. It's like every day is like a social experiment, social experiment for me. I'm able to see things and try things and say things just to see you where your heart's at. Like, uh, you know, I was on Twitter and I said, yo, man, I'll go home and watch these videos by 50 Cent, Ray J, and D.L. Hughley just to get some energy back. And, so, and uh, some guy that I know responded with shaking my head. And I responded back to him and said, thank you for taking the bait. Because I knew if I mentioned these names that you deemed to be problematic, I would get a response out of you. And you gave me exactly what I wanted. Did he respond to that? Not at all. Not at all. So that's, that's a lesson for people that's out there who are on the net, who see these like these insane like articles or these celebrities saying this or saying that. If it's not to your liking, you have the option of ignoring it. You have the option of not giving it any power. You have the option of not feeding into it. See, words only have power if you give them power. People only have power if you give them power. That's why I like when uh, the 45th president, we all know that the country's divided. People are for him. There are those who are against him. I personally don't fuck with him. It's not my man's. I ain't vote for him. That ain't my dude, but whatever. I don't take, I don't waste my breath or my energy by mentioning his name and telling telling everybody how much I hate him. I don't go on Twitter every day saying I hate Trump every day. It doesn't matter. I don't I don't do that shit because by me saying that, me waste my energy and just going above and beyond ain't gonna change anything. He's still gonna be in office, you know. So why keep you know kicking a dead horse, you know? What's the point? I can, there's other things I can spend my time on, my energy on, that'll benefit me. Rather than, you know, doing, doing the same shit. What's the point? It's nothing. I was online, Facebook, and I had this picture. I saw a picture of Alyssa Milano. Let me tell you something. If you, Alyssa Milano to me is like top five dead or alive. I love Alyssa Milano with all my heart, cuz. Like, listen. If I get money, and she gets single, and she fuck fuck with your boy, just know I'm out of here. It's gone. Me and Alyssa Milano finna get married. We have a little house, you know what I mean? Off an island somewhere, and that's that. Facts. 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 But back to the story. So there was an article where she said that she faced backlash because she said that the MAGA hat is like the new white hood, which is true. We've all said that. So, well, um, from my perspective, it's true. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say that my truth is universal truth, but from my perspective, that's how I see it. So, you know, people online, you know, laughing, whatever. Because to me, it's a, it's a joke. Because I said, like, yo, introducing, you know, my wifey, Lisa Milano. And then the, then the link said, you know, what she said about the MAGA hat, yada, yada, yada. For me, it was just lighthearted. I had no problem with it. 
you know, that's it. I posted it. So then people were commenting and people were like, you know, rolling their eyes about stuff like that. You know, just, you know, people just, you know, people get in their feelings and responding. Which didn't really matter to me. It was like, it's cool, whatever. But someone said something interesting. She said, yeah, you're not in love with her. You're in love with Angela Rye. Because Angela Rye, Ben said that. You know, we have um, these women who aren't of color taking uh, credit for what women of color have done. You know, X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, son, it ain't even that deep. Because like, I'm like, I told us, I, don't, I understand who Angela Rye is. I understand what Angela Rye has done for the community. I knew all that. But I'm just here to troll a bit and show love to my cream queen, Alyssa Milano. That's all that it was. You know? And if I said that, there was no response. Just a, just a like on the post, but like there was no actual like dialogue created after that. Because again, it's easy. It's how, and it's how the trolls do it all the time. It's easy to incense outrage within the world of social media. It's easy. And a lot of times people can get hyped up over misinformation, over lies, over, uh, what, fake news? But yeah, like, it's it's easy. It's easy to fall for deception out here and get angry and want to beat your chest over it. I don't got time for it. You know? I don't. And it's like for me, I'm I'm more of a person as I'm growing and I'm evolving. I'm about facts. I'm about truth. I'm about getting to the bottom of the story. Cause like I've gotten too thrown off by he say she say, and nowadays they say right, to even like try to decipher what's going on. I just need someone to tell me like what's going on, the stories, the facts, so I can figure out what happened on my own. Because I feel like everybody wants wants to sway you in their own direction, and it, it just causes a lot of lot of confusion, and the world is confused enough as it is, and we don't need any more of it. Just give me the facts, Jack. That's all that I ask. Speaking of facts, I look back at the year 2018, and I realized that 2018 was the year that I ignored red flags when it came to like my personal life, like my dating life. I can be honest about that. You know, meeting certain women and it's like, I'm getting these, like these, my spidey sense is tingling, like, oh man, fuck shit's about to happen. Fuckery's about to go down. And I'm like, eh, whatever. I can look past it, you know. I can see the greater good in this person. Fuck no, bro. Because every time, like, I got to that point of ignoring it, and then sex got involved. Oh, oh my God. The headaches, the headaches that came with it was like it wasn't worth it. I mean, it was worth it. Don't get me wrong. You know. Papa got a stroke. Papa got a stroke at real good. But <laughs> oh, but no, but seriously, like it's, uh, you know, when sex got involved, sex has a way of revealing the truth. Because if you, once, you ex, once you exchange energy, you know, people become more vulnerable. They become more open. And once people are more open, you see the 
you see people's true colors. And listen, how I began the year and how I ended the year. Like the last one that I dated in 2018. Why am I even dating? It was like someone who I was like dealing with. And first person I dealt with in the year. It was like so much craziness. And it was like, what in the fuck did I get myself into? It was like, damn, man. I said, I wish that I didn't have sex with these people. Then again, I'm like, I don't wish that. Because the sex was fire. But, you know, I'd rather have, like, sex with someone that won't bring forth, like, this wall of, like, off-the-wall batshit, like, drama in my direction. Or just, like, this, these weird projections. And, and take this out. I'm not saying that we don't, all don't have our, our issues. I know I got mine. I'm, I can be accountable for mine. I can acknowledge it. But I'm open about it. Like, and I don't try to project my problems on whoever I'm with. That's a no-no. It's kind of productive. And that's not me. That's not my vibe. So, yeah. Uh, so, 2019, whenever I encountered, like, a red flag of some sort, I'm like, okay, cool. Pump your brakes. Check yourself. And reassess the situation. Is it worth it? Keep going. If it's not, don't. Even if you might see sex in the future, you know what I mean? The sexual connection that's there, the chemistry is on fire. If you know, if you can feel that bullshit is going to come right afterwards, don't do it. Don't pursue it. Leave it alone. That's the best thing that you can possibly do for yourself and for the person that you're with. These are all facts. Super facts. So, you know, speaking of red flags, um, I think a week or two ago, I saw both fire documentaries. I have a, a subscription to Netflix, so I saw that one first. And that was wild. Because that guy who was behind the fire festivals, fire festival, because there's only one and only will be one, he was too smart for his own good. Con man, run, like trying to use schemes to cover schemes, to cover schemes. And next thing you know, everything came back and built him in the ass. So now he's spending like six years in jail and he had to pay back $26 million, cuz. 26 mil. Crazy, right? He was only 28 years old when he went in jail. But, you know, you're seeing these things and you're seeing Ja Rule's dumbass Popping around like, eh, fire festival. Like he just, he just, he was just talking like a, like he was a, a fake mafioso at some point in time. Like he was a big shot. I used to like Ja Rule back in the day. But now I'm like, 50 was right. 50 was right about you, dude. You bugging. You know, he was like, he, he was just talking crazy and. Everything was going crazy. And then I watched both of them. The Hulu one, I don't have Hulu, but I found it on YouTube. Shout out to whoever bootlegged the fuck out of that shit and put it on Hulu because I watched it while I was at work and on a Friday. And I was like, yo, man, this shit is wild. This guy really got away with murder out here. 
Well, so he thought until he got arrested and he got fucked up. But there was someone who caught my attention. It was Andy King. Now, if you know Andy King, you might not know the name right now. But if you saw the documentaries, especially the one on Netflix, he was the one who said that um, he was going to take one for the team because he, he got a call and customs were had a halt on the shipment of water they were supposed to have for the festival. It was like Evian water. And once it comes to the festival, they couldn't get it because they had to pay um, customs off. And he asked him, since he was the, uh, quote-unquote, the gay leader, they asked him if he would take one for the team and go down to customs office and suck the dick of the guy who was the head honcho in customs. That's right. He wanted him to take, take one for the team by sucking a dick. Yes. The dick. And I said, wow. Speaking from our perspective, I said, they ain't a goddamn job or festival or whatever. Now, whatever ever made me say, you know what? I'm going to suck dick for this. My man said he went home, took a shower, drank some mouthwash because he was ready to suck some dick. Yo, here's the thing, though. Uh, homie, a uh, member of the LGBTQ, LB, uh, LGBTQ community, and he said, listen, he, he responded via comments to the post I'll share of, of Andy King's uh, sucking dick for the team post, and he said, listen, you shouldn't drink mouthwash before you do that because mouthwash creates tiny tears in your mouth, and that's how you can um, contract HIV. Yeah, see, the more you know. The more you know, tell your friends. But anyway, uh, you know, I saw that. I said, wow, how the fuck is this guy going to do this? But here's something I, I thought about. This motherfucker, actually, you want somebody like Andy on your team. You want somebody who will take one for your team by any means. I'm not saying you want somebody on your team to go suck somebody's dick because you asked him. But I'm saying you want somebody who's dedicated. Like, hey, man. Do you mind, like, staying past a certain amount of hours to take care of this draft for this proposal to make this thing happen? And the person who says, yeah, no problem, I'll do it because it's good for the good of the team. You want a team player like that. You do. You want an Andy King on your team, bro. You want that. You want somebody to suck some metaphorical dick out here to make the world go round for your team. You want them to do that. You want them to do that. That's why everybody, if you have a team out there, go out there, get you an Andy King. They're out there. They're out there, they're in your Starbucks. They're in your free libraries. They're in your nightclubs. They're in your gyms. Look for them. I said, hey, are any of you want to be my next Andy King for my team? If you meet, if you latch eyes with someone in the corner, who gives you a slow nod like, yes, I'll be your Andy King. Then you have yourself a winner. Then you have yourself a winner. I'm serious. I'm looking for Andy King right now. For my team. For this podcast thing. 
you know? Make, make the dream come true. But here's the thing about Andy King, though, that's, that's, that's real dope. Um, Andy King recently said, I uh, made a video, he said, listen, I don't want to be known as the blowjob king. Hilarious. So he said he want to use his time and his fame to give back. So in the documentary, there's a woman um, who is like a native from the from the islands where the festival was supposed to take take place. She spent 50 grand of her life savings, her entire life savings to take care of the workers there. She was out of it. She was out of her money. So, you know, after everything came out, Ja Rule said, yo, man, I was bamboozled. I was hoodwinked, murder. You know, he's all fucked up. He's saying, I'm sorry for it. And the woman said, I accept the apology, but at the same time, like, I need you to, like, give me my money back. So somebody, um, I believe, after watching this clip, I think it was Andy King and his people, they created a GoFundMe and they raised over a hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars and they gave it back to this woman. So now they're working on like more GoFundMe's to put more money back into the pockets of the workers who were down there, who got caught up in this flim-flam scam. And I really respected that. Thought that was ill. I honored that. You know, like you gotta. You gotta, you gotta love that shit, man. Like, people who can take the time to make their platform and make something positive out of it. And there we go again. Andy King taking one for the team again. This time for those who were affected by the Fire Festival. Andy King deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. That's right. That's right. Because for his willingness to suck dick, he made he made change. He made change. I'll tell you right now, if Andy King ran for president, God damn it, I'll vote for him. I'll vote for him right now. There you go. That's right. Begin to uh, speak that into existence. Okay? All right? So, yeah. Um, social media is weird as fuck. Life is weird as fuck. And that's that. That's all I got to say. Uh, episode 53 is done. It's in the bag. Bingo, bango. Love yourself. Also, uh, before I, I start recording this podcast, um, there's a porn that I, I had on my screen. Now, wait a minute. Let me get into it. Let me explain what I mean. So, this video has a familiar face in it. Um someone that I've conversed with before. Not on my podcast, but just, you know, outside of things. And I'm tired of black porn. I'm tired of you Negroes putting, like, Lil Wayne and crunk and trap music in your fucking porn movies, okay? You raggedy bastards. And the fellas, man... Like, you out here looking like Mike Jones out here with a do-rag going in your porn videos, bro. This is your time to shine, bro. Like, take that fucking do-rag off. Let the waves shine, bro, while you're doing your thing. Come on, now, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you people in this amateur porn? I see amateur black porn. What is wrong with you? Like, I, I, what? I swear, man. Yo, if, if like, the universe... 
sees fit for me to do this, I will try to get into pornography as like a director, you know, or if not a director, like a musical director. Because I swear to God, I will have the actors, you know what I mean, who are getting busy. The music will be some Roy Ayers shit, like Roy Ayers' um, Third Eye. You know what I'm talking about? I would do that. I would have, um, you know what I mean, I was born set to Erykah Badu's Kiss Me On My Neck. I'm tired of this, man. I'm tired of this weird-ass porn, man. We can do amateur porn. It could be, be fun. But God damn it, man. Put some class in this shit. Put some class in this shit. Please. Like, I'm. come on now. You mean you can't put on some brown sugar while you're getting your, uh, getting your cake smashed at smithereens? Huh? Think about it. I'm out of here, man. Podcast is over. I'm upset with y'all. Peace. Win!